Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. We're here again. This is our this is episode six in ten days. We finally have reached the crescendo. Did did we defeat the Fight Island triple header? Did we defeat it? Like, was it? Would you consider us winning via split decision? It was a tough battle, but we edged it out. No, no. I think we got finished. Oh, first round. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hopefully, our fans don't think that way. <laughs> um. Yeah, so welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we got a lot to talk about here, don't we, Dominic? Yeah, I'm still feeling the after effects. Yeah, it's we, we hit a high last night, and I think we're on the come down right now. Yeah. yeah. So we for those of you out. for those of you living under a rock, <laughs> UFC 257 occurred Saturday night, headlined by the rematch between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Dustin Poirier knocking out Conor McGregor in the second round. Who would have saw that coming? I didn't. <laughs> and you know, there's been a lot of talk this past week because we, we kind of started this trilogy of events with Max Holloway putting on just a an amazing performance over a very high-level boxer. Striking clinic. So yeah. then it's like, okay, Max Holloway might be the best boxer in the UFC. Yeah. Conor McGregor's like, well, I beat Max. Yeah. I'm the best boxer in the UFC. Dustin Dustin said, I beat Connor and I beat Max twice. I'm the best boxer in the UFC. Yeah. Um, So there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to get into here. Um, Obviously the co-main event also being a huge story. Michael Chandler making his debut. Made a splash. And he knocks out Dan Hooker two and a half minutes into the first round. Um, A lot. There's just a lot. And no news for this week or for this episode, I should say. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we did, we did so many previews and, yeah. and, and post-fight recaps that, uh, I think all the news just kind of got There's taken by more. other episodes. Yeah. Uh, we did get official announcements, however, for some cards in March, uh, Stipe and Ganu 2 for the heavyweight belt is officially happening at UFC 260. Yes. Yep. Two sixty. Yes. That's at the end of March. The second pay per view that. And then I believe the following week, um, they officially announced the headliner for that fight night as being Jiri Prochaka and Dominic Reyes at light heavyweight. That's a huge fight. I'm very excited about that one. Um, but yeah, we had already talked about those. So, yeah. Um, we won't go into any more detail on that. However, no news. So I think it's just time to just get into it. Let's do it. You ready? I am. I am ready. Actually, yeah. good. Well, we gonna, need to just talk all this. In yeah, through. let's let's. You know, we'll start with the prelims. Just we do need one shout-out. one big one, especially. Okay. Um, so prelim shout outs to we had a, we had some very familiar names getting some big wins. Um, shout out Mozar Ivalov. Uh, he was one of the biggest favorites on the card, and he was able to niche, niche out a split decision over Nick Lentz, who retired. However, bigger shout out to Nick Lentz. That guy nearly finished the fight in the first round with yeah. a with a rear or a guillotine. Was, guillotine woo, that was me. tight. Um, but then obviously Mozart started beating him up in the later rounds. Yeah, it probably shouldn't have been a split, but you know that's all right. Yeah, I, I mean, just shout out to Nick Lentz, the crafty bet. Yeah, put, put try, up with the young gun. Yeah, a, a very uh, nice performance to go out on if you're going to lose to someone like that. You know, oh, undefeated yeah. fighter uh, in Mozart, and uh, big win for him, but. Yeah, so shout out to Nick Lenz. Uh, Marcin Procnio, who was on a three-fight losing streak, getting a unanimous decision win over Khalil Roundtree, who's kind of in that, he's in that upper echelon at light heavyweight, but he's yeah, not quite. Right to crack into the 15. Yeah, he's right. always hanging around that area. Um, I personally, 
I, I can't say I was paying as close attention to this fight as I did for like the main card. But it seemed to me like Procnia was getting beat up quite a bit, getting yeah. hurt a lot. So I was very surprised that he got the decision here. Yeah, it was... And I think that was the sentiment for a lot of people online, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sucks for Roundtree, because, again, it's just another fight. It's another loss that's just going to hold him back from really reaching that ceiling that we know that he can And he looked to. really good last night. Well, he just... It just he looked his, huge. his frame, he looked like he was in better shape than we've oh, seen him yeah. in the past. Um, he, but he looked. They looked like they were in two different weight classes. Yeah. Uh, Juliana Pena, I think, is going to be the big takeaway mm-hmm. here. From big a, comeback win too. Big comeback win over Sarah McMahon, getting that rear naked choke late in the third round. However, the bigger story being calling out the goat, Amanda Nunes said Amanda's been ducking, ducking me. Her. Now that part, listen, I respected the call out because this division, this women's bantamweight, 135 pounds, is in a lull right mm-hmm. now. It's bleh. Yeah. So this was good. I love the call out because why not? Right. And they haven't fought each other. But the ducking part is where it got a little too much. And Amanda, of course, fired back. But she got Amanda's attention. That's what she wanted. Uh, I personally do feel that Juliana could be one win away from challenging for a belt. But there's still things. Like, we need GDR and Holly. We kind of called for that rematch to happen. Amanda's not defending right now at 135. She's going to fight at 145 against Megan Anderson. So uh, I like Juliana Pena to take on Aspen Ladd. Nice. Because I've been big on Ladd for a while. She finally had her first career loss. She's ranked third. I think those two need to fight and kind of determine who's next after Holm and GDR. You know, try and even line them up for the same, you know, the same time frame kind of thing. <laughs> what's What's unfortunate is that I would rather see someone like Pena or Aspen Ladd get a yeah, shot exactly. against Amanda. However, Pena, and Pena just recently lost to GDR. GDR yeah. getting the first Good submission, first submission of her career, yeah. while Aspen Ladd's only losses to GDR, correct, <laughs> and that was in like 15 seconds. So yeah. it's hard to like put one of those girls above uh, Jermaine, but Jermaine fought for the belt at the end of 2019, and that definitely didn't go her way. Yeah, I don't know. I I've. I enjoyed. I'm glad she called her out. I'm glad it, it was something for the bantamweight division. Yeah, you know, we just haven't seen a lot of activity. It feels yeah, like that's it's been why stalling. She, she had every right to make the call out. Yeah, um, saying Amanda's ducking you. That mm. part. However, it got her attention. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, shout out to some uh, to a veteran, Brad Tavares, who pretty much swept the he swept the cards pretty much besides one against Antonio Carlos Jr. That's a guy who's hung around the top, you know, the bottom half, top fifteen for a few years. Tavares holding on to that, to his spot in the top 15. Good performance out of him. And um, the two guys who lost their fights, Armand Saryukin and Matt Frivola, had a pretty decent fight. Uh, Saryukin definitely um, dominated. Yeah, and, um, he's good, man. Yeah, he's good. Uh, but just shout out to Frivola for taking the fight. You know, he was the one that was supposed to fight Azetar, mm-hmm. the guy who... <laughs> well, actually, that's a news story. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Which, hold on, we're going to get into that. Yeah. But basically, shout out to him since his, he lost his opponent, stepping up, but Saryukin just looked like he was that much better. Um, good prelims, though. I enjoyed him, but the main card was actually incredible. Incredible. It was main a card. great main card. Especially if you just like finishes. Four out of five. Four out of five. Um, our one decision fight also being very good. Yeah, true. So. 
Um, I think we'll just go ahead and get into it, but I think we do need to talk about the elephant in the room. So one of the fights we previewed was... <laughs> this always happens. Atman, Azetar, and Matt Frivola. That was supposed to be the second fight on the main card. Um, that we were looking happen. forward to that, too. <laughs> that did way. not happen. Yeah. So here's the story. Apparently, Azetar, um, the night or two nights before the fight, him or his team or someone... They cut off their wristbands, those wristbands they have to wear to basically show they have clearance on Fight Island. Yeah, these are the ones you get after quarantine yeah. that say you're allowed to move about the hotel. And stuff. So they, they went to, like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, they they basically, there was someone on the outside. Of the bubble. Of the bubble. And they went there and gave them their wristbands, and they taped them to their wrists. So that they could get into the bubble. Yeah. And That's then, a no-no. Yeah, and then apparently there was a bag being brought in. Um, the guy went was able to go through the lobby and all this. This is in a bubble where everybody's been tested except for this individual. Yeah. He then, uh, what did he do At on the roof? Dana said he scaled across four balconies of hotel rooms <laughs> mm-hmm. to get into Ottman's room, I guess. Yeah. and um, I, I don't. It, it's weird. It was all caught on camera. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows what was in the bag. Or... Yeah, and Dana said that the Abu Dhabi like government. government has the name of the guy with the bag and yeah. who that person was. And then for Ottman, he was cut by the UFC. He was cut by the UFC, dropped from this fight. You talk about love. unfortunate, by the way. Undefeated yeah. I mean, stud. If you look at our preview, we talked him up like, this yeah. guy's going to be a problem at 155. Yeah. Uh, he is just nothing short of fantastic and is striking. And, you know, even Dana said, you know, he's not a bad guy or a bad kid. He just made a bad decision. Yeah. And Which tells that, me that the door's open. If this kid, you know, I shouldn't call him a kid. He's older than me. Yeah, but, we're saying kid because Dana yeah, always yeah. says kid. Uh, if this guy, uh, man, if he if he's able to go back to, I don't know what promotion's next for him. I don't know if someone like Bellator will swoop him up. But if he goes back to, like, regional fighting, whatever, and uh, he puts on some awesome performances and just shows some growth in his character, some development as a human, <laughs> that I think he can find his way back. Yeah. Uh, but, man, that's... In a post-pandemic world. Such a shame, though, potential-wise, oh, for a yeah. guy like that. Looking forward to him fighting. Uh, Undefeated. Because no matter what, he won't be back for at least a couple years. And, oh, yeah. And at that point, like you're losing precious time with mm-hmm. his potential, with his growth, with his reaching his peak you know yeah. as a as a fighter uh so it's very unfortunate um that was probably the big story of the week like as far as i mean it felt like it was but also like i feel like not a ton of people were talking about it. like i feel like that should have been a bigger story than it was there's so many questions oh so many what was in the bag who why did a guy, guy why? why why did the guy yeah who's the guy why was he scaling rooftops or scaling balconies when he had a wristband on that could get him clearance anywhere. Yeah, it's all weird. It's very weird. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. But they replaced that fight on the main card with uh, Mahmoud Miradov and Andrew Sanchez. We'll talk about that in a second. But we opened our main card. The fight you broke down with uh, Overtime Heroics. Yep. I'm just going to plug and him here. I'm fired. No, go, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go support Overtime Heroics. Dominic, now a member of the MMA Elite. He is a writer for their staff and he did a great breakdown of this fight marina rodriguez versus amanda hebus marina rodriguez shocked the world yeah getting the tko with the elbow and punches basically knocked she her out twice. twice yeah <laughs> uh 54 seconds into the second round 
After being dominated in the first. And you, yeah, this is this is going to be my big takeaway here is like even though we both picked Hebas, we both said decision. We thought Hebas would just continuously get that fight to the ground. And the first round looked like it was going that way. Like three you, and a half minutes. You of said control. the words of death. At I, the end of the first round, you go. Now it's almost like we know what we're talking about or something. Well, okay, but <laughs> to a point, we are were still correct in what we were saying. Yeah. Except Amanda didn't win. Yeah, and when you said that, I went, Dom, you shouldn't have said that. But, but it showed. The ground was yeah. all Amanda, and it was easy. But on the feet, Amanda was there to compete, but Marina, we do, was going to have the upper hand. And in round two, knocked the shit out of Amanda. Yeah, so I, as as good as I knew Marina was on the feet, I knew that that was her advantage here. That this was next but level. as far as her power, I guess I just... She damn near had a walk-off one punch. Yeah, I mean... It was brutal. The first punch that landed clean, Amanda was wobbly on wobbly legs. Looked like she didn't know where she was. Herb Dean looked like he was going to stop it and then pulled out. He damn near fell on top of him. Yeah, and then Marina Marina stops, starts celebrating, and Amanda's kind of confused. Poor Amanda's like wobbling. And Herb's like, no, you guys aren't done. And then Amanda's like, oh, shit. And then Marina Marina lands a crazy overhand right that again has her wobbled. I will say Amanda never went down. That's true. She she was basically dead on her feet. And then Herb was like, okay, I'm going to (laughs) actually stop it this time. Um, It was a fun fight, though. I mean, that first round was all Amanda. And this is going to be my frustration again with Marina Rodriguez. Mm Mm-hmm. You were talking about her draws and her split. Like, you know, she has two draws and she's only fought. This was her sixth UFC fight? This was fight? her fifth. Her fifth. Yeah. So now she's, what is she? Two, she's three, two? one, and two. So, so I guess that is six. Yeah. Sorry. She's three, one, and two in the UFC. And yeah. You don't see a ton of draws and especially not with that small yeah. of a sample size. But you made, you, you summed it up well. That she always is winning the striking battle, but then she'll have like one round where she gets 10-8, where it gets yep. taken to the ground because her ground game is just very novice level at this point. Yep. And that showed here. Yep. And that's what's frustrating is like as much as I want to just appreciate the the knockout win and how awesome it was just to There's see to see to area. see such a clear cut mm. like knockout win for especially in the women's divisions where you don't see it like that often. And it was over a huge prospect in Hebas who was looking to take that next step of being like a complete star. But that first round, she was completely neutralized on the mm-hmm. ground. Amanda didn't do a lot of damage on the ground. Just controlled it. Just completely controlled. You know, all the fun um, stuff. So, like, again, you know, Amanda probably should have been more active on the ground. But it was the first round. She's thinking this is the And, and in that round, the first minute and a half was on the feet and it was like relatively competitive with Marina still edging the advantage yeah. and then once it went to the ground it was all Amanda second round never got the chance to go to the ground and <laughs> right it was all Marina it was 54 know? seconds so. she is that good on of a Muay Thai striker yeah she really and, is and I I just didn't realize her punching power I mean that girl's got legitimate one punch power mm-hmm. I mean the first one like you could just even with the fans back which shout out to the two thousand fans in yeah. the arena. They they made def- it sound like there were they 15, made it sound 000. like there was a lot more, but because of that, we lost some of that ability to like hear every punch yeah. and all that. Yeah. However, we need the apex. I will say you could tell how brutal some of those oh, shots were, yeah. how powerful Marina's shots were. Uh, she is big for that division. I mean, she's five six. Yeah. Uh, she was three inches taller than Amanda, but reach advantage was only like one inch. So I mean, I it's a good win for her. Don't get me wrong, but my. I still left 
while I, I definitely was surprised and pleasantly surprised by her power, she still is who I thought she was. And that's why I'm matchmaking her with another wrestler. Okay. And who's that going to be? Number six, Claudia Gadella. Claudia Gadella, nice. I, I, so I, I, I'm kind of going to start coming into these recaps in 2021 now with like two options each. One with, is my main one and then one like falling off, you know, backup one. Claudia, I would go next. It's another really good striker. And you need Marina to be tested. You don't just want to give her yeah. easy fights because you want her to keep improving. I still, I'm still holding to it that the winner of that fight could very well be challenging for a belt by the end of the year. Right. So if she were to get a win over Claudia, that's huge. And again, ranked in front of her. And then another fight potentially that she could get, which is a big jump, and I don't necessarily think that's what they'll do. They could go all the way to number three, Joan and Jan, mm-hmm. who's a really good striker yeah. and just have an amazing stand-up war. That's a bit of a stretch, but that's kind of my low so I'm key actually, second option. So I think but I I'm, love her and Claudia. So I think I'm going to do one. Like I'm just going one. Oh, that's so hard. I know. Um, I'm actually going to put her up against number seven, uh, Michelle. Michelle Watterson. Now I know what you're saying that you know it's more it more lends into her mm. abilities as a striker, but Michelle Watterson has shown she's a really more, good on the ground. She has shown a more complete arsenal of weapons and. While Marina is such a technical and powerful striker, and I do think I'd give her the advantage there, Michelle no slouch at all either. I think that could be very fun, and Michelle being that veteran of this division, that could be a win that could really, you know, this win over Amanda did a lot for Marina. Yeah. But I think a win over someone like Michelle, who's just more established, more of a veteran. I don't know if she's a, she's probably a bigger name, I guess. A Michelle? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a win over her, I think, more legitimizes her title. Michelle's aspirations. No yeah, and if Michelle wins, then... She's looking for a fight. That's back-to-back wins over people like Angela Hill. Mm-hmm. And then you can talk about her fighting someone in the top five. Or yeah. even, you know, with all these ladies in this top ten, they all reasonably are like one fight away. Yeah. So I truthfully believe that. Because Joanna's number two... I don't know if Yawana's... I don't know, know what she's doing. I truthfully wouldn't be surprised if we'd never see her fight again. But then you got Rose, who looks like is going to fight Whaley. If Rose doesn't, I think Sparza's going to get it. Yeah. But assuming Rose Whaley happens, you likely do Jonin and uh, Asparza, which is an awesome fight. Yeah, that is a good And one. then you got Nina, who's fighting... Mackenzie. Mackenzie Dern. And then you got Claudia Gadelia, Michelle Watterson, Marina Rodriguez, those three. And then Tisha Torres right there. And then yep. Amanda. Yep. And on the flip end. The division's I'm, stacked. That's the most stacked women's division. Yeah. On the flip end, I'm matching Amanda Hivas with Angela Hill. Yeah. And uh, this is because Angela Hill doesn't necessarily have the punching power. Um, she's not necessarily going to knock you out with one punch. She's but she's a very pressure fighter. And I think Amanda would truly be tested by that. Mm-hmm. While um, on the flip end. Amanda is very lethal when it comes to taking that fight to the ground with her yeah. jiu-jitsu. And for Angela... And it still like would be a big win for both. Yeah, and it's it's a big fight. Angela Hill's really, despite her record, being kind of a... She's in wars and so she's many always close in, fights. Yeah, like, I mean, she arguably won that fight with Waterson. And, she are, and the one and with the Claudia one, yeah, was really bad. Yeah, that one was even worse. So... She could have been in our Fighter of the Year talk yeah. for 2020 if she had gotten just one of those to go the other way. Um, but I think that that's still a big fight for Amanda and for Angela, and uh, the winner of that solidifies themselves in that top ten. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there with her and Angela. One other one that's just kind of like a low-key, 
probably won't happen now. But for those of you that don't know, this last night was originally supposed to be Amanda versus Watterson. Mm-hmm. So I think you could still make that fight. Yeah. Now, I know that Michelle's technically ahead of Marina, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if they flip-flop Marina after her win, True. to be honest. Yeah. And again, the rankings only go so far. We like to talk about rankings a lot just because we like the numbering system, yeah. you know? So that's kind of another low-key one just because it was already supposed to happen, and I think that's a really good fight, and it's another really good striker to test Amanda, and you have a really well-rounded, just as a whole, Michelle is. So if it goes to the ground, it's not like guaranteed dominance for Amanda. Mm -hmm. So that's my second option, but I do like her taking one step back. I say that in quotes because Angela Hill is still a huge test. And again, she's only 26, so I'm, I'm by no means saying her hype train was derailed. No. And then the way that she handled the loss, and it's just, she's only 20, like I said, 26 years old. She'll be back. Um, it was just a stepping stone that she wasn't able to hop over yet. Yeah. And for I mean, Marina. The only part of that preview that I feel that I overlooked was Marina's punching power. But I feel well, besides she, that. She had never showed the power like that. I mean, she's been convincingly dominant on the feet, but never. Well, even in that first round, I didn't see a power yeah, difference. That, that one shot just landed so clean. Yeah. It was just the perfect shot. And then shot. once Amanda was opened up, basically, yeah, because it, she was on wobbly legs, wasn't seeing straight. She pounced. Um, those strikes were just landing so yeah. much cleaner. Yeah, that's the better way to put it. Yeah. Um, following that, we had the fight that replaced um and, and Fervola. Yeah. It was uh, Mahmoud Miradov getting the TKO with a flying knee and punches win over Andrew Sanchez, 2 minutes 59 seconds of the third round. This was a fun fight. It was. Um, I'm gonna, I didn't really do a ton of homework for this fight because it kind of got put here last second. Yeah, we didn't get to break this one yeah, down. Um, but I was very impressed with both guys, actually. It was a good fight, back and forth. Like I actually I just enjoyed it. I, I thought both guys had their moments. Um, Mahmoud definitely looked to be more... Technical. He was landing the more shots and the more significant shots. Yeah. Sanchez was never out of it yeah. until, until the finishing blows. Yeah, were pretty the, bad. that finishing sequence. Though, Had him doing the stanky yeah, leg. Yeah, yeah. And... Stanky leg alert, as yeah. I say. Yeah. Um, Sanchez was on. And, like, not only that, but it looked like the left side of his body, like, was giving out. Yeah, he, like, That was kind of down. a scary. Uh, yeah. Man, it's just sometimes the way people's bodies react when they get rocked. It, it looked like he tore his out. damn ACL. Well, when he did so... the when he like started doing the stanky yeah. leg, I think he did fuck up his it knee. It tweaked bad. Um, but a big win for Mahmoud here, and I'm curious what your thoughts of this fight were. Really, you can't put any more into it. Again, we didn't get to break this down, but what we saw was very good striking from both. And I mean, look at the win streak there that Muradov's on. How many is that in a row? Holy shit, boss! He is, I mean, he is on a uh, looks like a fourteen fight fourteen win fight streak. win streak. So this guy is a really good prospect. He where is he from? He's from um, a smaller, like lesser known country. Fighting he's out from, of uh, well, I think it's the Czech Republic is, is where he lives. But okay, yeah, he had one of the well, different he's, flags. Okay, he's fighting over Uzbekistan. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I I was just reading. <laughs> you're good. Like, you're good. Okay, he lives in the Czech Republic. <laughs> No, he's, yeah, he's because they have like that turquoise and light green flag, um, and he is a very good prospect. And again, it shows the globalization of the UFC and just the sport as a whole. Sanchez, a no slouch, by the way, former Ultimate Fighter uh, winner. So that was a very big win there from Rodolf. How many fights does he have in the UFC now? So he's fought three times in the UFC. Okay, twenty-five and six overall, um, seventeen wins via knockout. Yeah, 
in the UFC, his very first fight was against Alessio De Chirico. Wow. Who we just saw finish Joaquin yeah. Buckley. He got a unanimous decision win there. Followed that up with a knockout over Trevor Smith in the third round, four minutes in, performance of the night bonus there. And then obviously this went over Andrew Sanchez, also got him a performance of the night bonus. Something about the third round from so, Rodolfo. Uh, huh? Mock Mood is uh, <laughs> definitely enjoying them 50K 50 bonus. 50 Gs, baby. <laughs> And uh, on the flip end here for Andrew Sanchez, he was definitely the guy I knew probably. I, I felt like I was more familiar with his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's lost to guys like Marvin Vittori, Anthony Smith. Um, so he's definitely been around the block, I guess you yeah. could say. He's even got a win over Marcus Perez and Khalil Roundtree. Uh, he's been kind of a 500 guy, and that kind of stayed true here. His UFC record now is 5-4. and four. Um, definitely a guy that I think can still make make some noise. Yeah, um, he's still very competitive, and it's obvious that the UFC at least likes him somewhat because they do give him bigger opponents. I yeah, mean, and they, they did bump this one to the main card. Yeah. They they have their they had their choice to pick fights, and they chose to put this one on the main card. So it was a good platform for both guys, and Maradov uh, took advantage of it. And be on the lookout for Miradov. I mean, we we obviously weren't able to break down this fight. But just off of what we just told you guys about 25 and 6, he's only 30 years old, 17 wins via knockout. He's looked really good in the UFC. Yeah. Got some credible wins now with Sanchez and then even De Chirico before that. It's safe to say we didn't get to break him down this time. We will be in the yeah, future. Be on the lookout for yeah. him. Um, we followed that up with women's flyweight this time. How about the low-key banger yeah. this was? Out of all the fights we broke down, and obviously only one of those, or one of those got scrapped, but... This was the fight I would have given the least chance of being like a fight of the night. And it was very close to taking that, in mm. our, in my opinion. Uh, Joanne Calderwood getting a unanimous decision win over Jessica I. 30-27 on two judges scorecards and then 29-28 on the third. Um, for two rounds, this was a banger. Yeah, it was. Um these women just kind of went after it. They were clinching a lot, but they were throwing some big, big shots, shots in the clinch. Brutal, weren't they? Um, Calderwood was doing a lot of leg kicks to the body. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me. She's doing a lot of body kicks. Um, while Jessica I definitely was the one trying to initiate that clinch. Dirty boxing. Dirty the boxing. uppercuts were yeah. nice. Yeah, a lot of good uppercuts. We were struggling on who was winning the rounds. I, it truthfully, was... <laughs> I, I ended up scoring it for Calderwood. But I did have it 29-28. Yeah. Yet, like, I think I scored the first round for Jessica I. And it's weird because when the final numbers came out, it was significant advantage for Calderwood outside yeah. of the clinch control time. Yeah, uh, Jessica had about four minutes of clinch control time, but the strikes she almost doubled her in like the distance strikes, and then even the other statistic they showed was also Calderwood by a significant margin. So it was an, a hard fight to score, and just such a good fight. They really put on a way better performance than what I expected out of these two. Yeah, I, and I think the the clear, I guess. When you were watching, Calderwood definitely was her her striking definitely looked cleaner. Mm-hmm. Again, Jessica I trying to get the clinch due to dirty boxing. It was a lot a lot of those distant strikes weren't landing for yeah. her. Um, I think Joanne's body work was definitely playing a factor. Oh here yeah, too. Jessica they, looked, they got tired in the third. Yeah, and uh, by the way, um, weird note here that JoJo looked like she was gassing at the end of the first it round. It was kind of weird, but then she didn't seem. The rest of the fight, she seemed pretty yeah. fresh. So I don't know what was going on there. Um, I don't know if maybe she got hit with a good shot and lost a breath or something. Who knows? But um, 
I, overall, this was for the first two rounds. It was great. Third round, both women pretty tired. It yeah. was a bunch a lot of very round. clinch heavy there. Um, yeah, Jessica I was the stronger fighter that led into that clinch control. She was definitely she did look physically. Yeah, like she looked the best I've seen, which her. was I was surprised about because yeah. going into this fight, I talked about this on Friday. Uh, the gallbladder surgery, I thought that might have had her severely compromised. Yeah. Really didn't. I mean, I know she lost, and she lost decisively. But it was still a pretty close fight in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, strikes, look, I don't, people put a lot of emphasis on, like, the strike totals. I don't. Is that is that If you land take? less strikes but land the more significant. It's more, about damage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And. While still, Calderwood clearly was landing harder shots, especially in that second and third round. That first round, I thought it was very even in the strikes as far as damage. But I was able to basically force her will on Calderwood as far as putting her up against the cage, holding her up there, able to land some of that dirty boxing against the fence. That's why I gave I the first round, and then I gave Calderwood the second and third but then when they were showing people's tweets starting the second round, everybody was scoring Calderwood, it for Calderwood. Calderwood so yeah. um, kind of gave me a newfound respect for some of these judges mm-hmm. that we've shit on in the past. That would that would have been a tough fight. Because, score. yeah, like a fight like that, I mean, good thing that Calderwood did get the win because I don't think I could see someone giving it to I. Mm-hmm. But I'm still very close, though, for oh, yeah. most of it. They put on. What's next for JoJo? I like her and Cynthia Calvillo. That's I'm actually good. only, only going to get one for this one. Mm-hmm. I think Cynthia's next. Cynthia has made her flyweight debut. Obviously, uh, you know, beat Jessica in her debut. That was the main event, but then lost to Chukagian, so she's sitting right there at number five. JoJo's number seven. I think that's the fight to make. And then if she were to be able to beat Cynthia, I think she honestly works her way to a title shot mm-hmm. simply because she chose to pass up a title shot. She didn't want to wait for Valentina, Yeah, took a risk, against Jennifer Maya and lost. So you, you have to take that into account and respect that decision by her. So I think you give her Calvillo, and if she wins, gets a title shot. And then for uh, Jessica I, I think she uh, takes a little breather because we got a really big uh, fight coming up in February between Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso. I think she fights the winner of that. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I don't dislike that at all. Uh, for Joanne, I'm going with Lauren Murphy, the title eliminator. Mm, yeah. Um, she lost, uh, Joanne, that is, had lost to Jennifer Maya. That was the title eliminator. JoJo basically gave up her title shot and risked it for that yeah. fight. So I think this win here was good enough to where you could reinsert her there, especially in this division that's needing contenders. It's obvious Valentina's going to fight Andrade. Yeah. Um, Lauren Murphy is very adamant about wanting a title shot, but I think that I don't think that she's necessarily on like a Max Holloway level where she can just wait right. for the title fight to happen and then get beat next. So I think you put her, I think it's a big fight, her and Joanne Calderwood. They haven't fought. No. And so, I mean, obviously, JoJo's seventh now, but she's going to flip with yeah. Jessica B6. So I think you do 3 6 there. As for Jessica I, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind like a Roxanne Modafferi. Two veterans, Roxanne yeah. being more of that power grappler, uh, that grinder. And honestly, that kind of is how Jessica is, but on more of a striking yep. level. Yeah. So you got two grinders there, and I think it'd be a very clinch-heavy fight. For but, sure. Um, one where you would see if Roxanne's wrestling could win out or if Jessica's striking could. Also, maybe Vivian Arruyo. It'd be Jessica. a rematch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's 
she's got options. I mean, even if you want to go down further, you could put her with like a Taylor Santos, someone mm. who's surging right now. She's very good. Uh, that would be a dangerous fight for Jessica, but she's, you know, for all the shit we've kind of given her, or at least I have for being a lot of the cringy stuff she said. She's uh, tough as hell. She's definitely game. And I, and I think that she would totally take a fight like that. So. And, you know, down deep, we always are going to support the Ohio fight. Yeah, you got to, right? But No matter what amount of cringe. I mean, we got some cringe on here sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we respect. We, we understand. Yeah. Game, game recognized game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now on to our co-main event. Uh, intermission? <laughs> well, here's where we get into a lot to talk about. Because yeah. our top two fights here were at lightweight. And this a lot of a lot was answered here. Two unexpected results, and so for me, let's start. Although with, I got both winners right, yeah. So let's see. Let's start with just the fight itself. This fight, Michael Chandler making his UFC debut, spending years at Bellator, uh, was a three-time champion of their lightweight division. Finally, gets the chance to come over here and try to prove that he's of the one of the best lightweights in the world. And boy, he did, did he! It. TKOing Dan Hooker two and a half minutes into the first round. Dan Hooker did nothing. Dan Hooker did nothing. Chael Sonnen did a really good breakdown of this fight uh, last night. I enjoy Chell P. Sonnen's channel. But, you know, he really said it best where that threat of uh, Chandler's takedown really just, that was it. That played the biggest yeah. factor. Hooker, you know, had to constantly worry about the level changes, constantly was circling the cage. And then finally on one level change, Gosh, did Chandler set this up good? Yeah, he did. Level changed low, right hand to the body. Hooker drops his right arm, leaves his chin wide open. Hooker or Chandler brings the left hook, and oh my goodness gracious, just dropped him. And then honestly, what was even more brutal? The ground pound. That follow up just throws a right shot across the face. Chandler was on his knees. And Hooker was like bent over in his lap, (laughs) and Chandler's just going boom, 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 boom. Oh, it was tough. Yeah, um, what a probably the best debut for a UFC fighter we've seen since Gagey Anderson Silva. Oh, Anderson Silva over Chris Levin. Yeah, there's that's a hell of a uh, yeah. Debut. Gagey, I mean Gagey's Gagey was debut. in a war. Yeah, so, with Michael know, Johnson. In terms but, of cleanness, <laughs> um, I would say that's why I'm saying the most yeah. the best debut we've seen probably since Anderson Silva. Yeah. So and now fun fact: former Bellator champions in their UFC debut are now six and three. So, you know, not too shabby there. No, they really aren't. And he was given a tough fight here. I mean, I really thought Dan Hooker's style was presenting a lot more problems for Chandler than maybe even some guys ahead. However, Chandler passed with flying His colors. pressure? Man. Well, when the fight started and I saw Chandler was in that grappling stance, you know, he was, he was hanging low. We were waiting on the takedown. I was... A little nervous, you know. I picked Chandler to win via decision, and I believe you did too. Yeah, I didn't did you? too. Um, but when I saw his stance, I was like, "Hooker's gonna land some crazy knee when Chandler shoots in," especially with how aggressive he was being. Mm-hmm. But Hooker just kind of was like a deer in headlights. Yeah, um, Chandler. I think Chandler. I think he was maybe caught off guard by not only Hooker knew the threat of the takedown was there. Yeah. I think what caught Hooker off guard was the speed and power of Chandler's strikes. For sure. It caught me off guard. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know what a hell of an athlete he is. He might be the best pound-for-pound athlete in the UFC You could now. tell how athletic he was. But They're not counting the back Just seeing the speed of his punches, that, that definitely took me off guard a little bit. 
And I think Dan just was kind of like a deer in headlights, had no idea really how to respond, and was more so just, he was basically watching, he was going off of Chandler's moves rather than yeah. trying to set up his own Yeah, he never shots. was able to get any offense. He was basically anything. playing defense. Yeah. And it didn't work out for him. And that's, the, and that's honestly, we've never seen Hooker be finished like that. Yeah, that sucked. You know, the Barboza fight was like a long three rounds of Barboza that was the body Brutal work. body work. But Hooker never and Look at the shots never got knocked out. Poirier yeah, last and then year. Poirier and him had that war for I five mean, again, rounds. maybe the chin finally wanted to give way after that war. But, but when Chandler landed that Damn. that first clean shot, he landed. It was that was like really the first shot of the fight. I mean, he threw some. They were you Chandler know, threw some shots and Hooker threw a couple leg kicks. But yeah, I mean, they, in terms of like a Chandler one, was basically just forcing Hooker up against the cage, and you could just tell that. These two guys were just in different headspaces at that yeah, point. He could not have lined up and timed that freaking left hook any better. It was perfect. So, when it comes to matchmaking, these two, I think Michael Chandler thinks the easy one for me here. There's been some talk, you know, even Michael's talking about this a little bit about possibly a title shot. I'm not, I'm not saying, there. I'm saying not pump there. the brakes. Not there yet. I think you need one more. Fight Justin and, Gaethje. Oh my gracious let's do five rounds yeah that we talked about that on the car ride home yeah. last night um give him justin gaethje those are two guys that will i think that would be a war and i'd love to see how the wrestling would play a factor exactly in that fight. exactly i really that, do. that would that would totally be a factor in that fight and yeah that definitely would set up whoever wins that fight would be next you know, right. we have a title fight in mind. Yeah, but. Chandler would not need another one. If he goes in and can beat Gaethje, uh, he would be next. But right now, because again, he did come in and beat number six. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are you going to give number six a title shot? Right. You know, there's a lot of guys in this freaking top three, you know, and we're going to get into it more in the next fight. But yeah, I, I Gaethje's the option. That mm-hmm. That is the only thing I think they need to do for uh, Chandler. And I mean, if you don't like the sound of that fight, holy shit. Uh, what I'm curious to hear your thoughts about Hooker, though. We didn't talk about this last night. Okay, so Dan Hooker, right? He was number six coming into this fight. Um, before this fight, he had lost to Poirier. Before that, he had beat Paul Felder in a very close fight. Um, truthfully, even though this this might, ranking-wise, might not make the most sense, I think you do Dan Hooker, Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Both guys on two fight losing streaks. Mm-hmm. Both guys still in that upper echelon of uh, lightweight. Um, that fight would be interesting. And I think that would be very interesting. I mean, I think Hooker's length and his uh, just his striking would present a problem for Tony. But Tony is such a buzzsaw that all he has to do is grab one of those long legs. Yeah, or fucking the, the Amari, Amari roll. Amari roll, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think that's a beautiful fight. I think that would be a, a war as well. Um uh, that's the fight I would make. Uh, there's other options. You know, you could do a rematch with Paul Felder. You could do RDA. That was my other one. Oh, okay. I, I would do uh, Tony is option one, but if you had to fall back, because they might have different plans for Tony. We right. can talk about that again in a second. RDA is looking for another one to crack into that top five. Uh, and he looked good in that Felder fight. Granted, Paul took that on five days' notice. You can't take away from how good he looked. So if RDA were to be able to beat Hooker as well, you know, he's right there again. So that would be a really fun one. But, yeah, Hooker Ferguson, ooh, that's 
that's a very just intriguing freaking fight, yeah. man. And you know that that sucked for Hooker. I hope he gets a good layoff. The poor guy has to quarantine and can't even be home again for like another month yeah. because of New Zealand's protocols for mm-hmm. COVID and stuff. So, damn, I couldn't imagine losing like that and then having to just sit in a hotel. Yeah. That's that's brutal. So, all the best to Dan Hooker, man, and for Michael Chandler. Welcome to the UFC. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people were starting to sour on him, you know, because it seemed like the UFC was protecting him quite a bit since his signing. We never quite fell into that. Mm. But, you know, the, the frustration was growing when, when is this guy going to fight? What do you mean? Like, the excuse being, well, he cut weight to be the replacement for Habib Gaethje. And even the fact that he was put in that position yeah. soured some people. However, I think he won a lot of people over last night, not only with his performance, but the way he spoke after the fight. And we knew that. We've heard him speak before. We know how well-spoken he, he really is. He really is. He did a damn good job at the post-fight yeah. presser. He, I'm telling you what, he'll be on commentary one day. Yeah. He That's carries sure. himself very much like a champion. He is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> the main event. Dustin, I don't get left speechless often. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Dustin Poirier. Avenges. His loss six years ago. The diamond! With a TKO win over Conor McGregor. Two minutes, 32 seconds of the second round. Now, Dom, you, you, you've you called your shot here. You predicted Dustin Poirier to win, but you predicted a decision. I So I want to hear your thoughts as you've processed them. Um, you were very excited last night, but I'm curious what your thoughts are now. So I don't, I don't doubt Dustin's power and his boxing at all. I think he can finish anyone in this division. It was more so, I never would have thought I'd see the day Connor got KO'd. Yeah. They called it a TKO, but at one point he was essentially unconscious. He was out. Yeah, he was out. That second right hook hand that landed when Connor was down, that was pretty brutal. Uh, so that's what shocked me more. Because I, I literally jumped up. Like, listen, I, I'm not saying I wanted to see Connor like lose, but I, I wanted Dustin to win this fight, and, right? And it's no slouch to Connor. I, you know, you you're just that big of a Dustin fan. Yeah, yeah, and I think everybody is after last night. And it was just <laughs> to see Connor get bested on the feet was just unbelievable. Now I'm going to say it wasn't all perfect for Dustin. You know, round one was very fun. We're, are we both ruling this fight of the night on the main card? By yeah, the I said this was my fight of the night on the main card. I mean, shout out to Mahmoud Miradov and Andrew Sanchez, probably, the, and Calderwood. I I thought those two made it close, but um, Poirier and McGregor just because it was pretty back and forth. Yeah, the the first round was so Dustin comes out and wrestles and gets a takedown in the opening minute. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if I would quite like. Yeah, he got the takedown, but it was, I mean... It he was, didn't do anything with it. But no, he, well, I mean, I just, I wouldn't go as far to say, like... I mean, yeah, I guess you're, you're not really saying anything besides he just got the takedown. I just, I wouldn't quite say, like... I think his game plan was still to stay on the feet. Oh, honestly. it was. We, well, we broke this down perfectly on the drive home. He, he came out and within a minute got, put Connor on his ass. And for the next four rounds, that was going to be in Connor's head. The threat of the takedown was there... Just like that. Yeah. Right off the rip. And out goes the 60-second prediction by Mystic Mac. I'm sure that hurts a little if you're Connor in the back yeah. of your head. So then they get back into the feet. A lot of clinch work. That was fun. Didn't expect a lot of that to happen. Those uh, the shoulder, shoulder strikes, strikes came that, back. Uh, 
that Connor did so Connor well. landed some freaking he nasty some good ones. ones. He's good at that. Yeah, he I, really is. He puts his whole body, like, yeah, he'll he, go down and boom, yeah. right to the nose. You could tell Dustin was not wanting yeah. a lot of those. So then Dustin's trying to shimmy some back. Connor definitely landed the better ones. <laughs> They're talking to each other. Really good. Uh, then they, you know, they eventually get back to the, you know, distant striking. Connor controlled the octagon and had Dustin on the fence the whole time. I'm like, man, Dustin, you got to get your ass away from the fence. Yeah. You got to get your ass away from the fence. Connor even stunned Dustin pretty good one time. No knockdown or no wobbly legs, but a, a good flash shot. There was definitely Dustin there was admitted. definitely about two or three very clean strikes from yeah. McGregor here. I can't quite say Poirier matched that in the first round. No, yeah, the that, takedown, and I think that's what we gave. Yeah. Connor I gave round Connor one. round one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and it was very close. Yeah. You know, Dustin having that takedown, um, he did do some nice clinch work. Yeah. But I thought striking-wise, which, again, going off a the, damage the, here. The few significant shots that did land, most went to Connor. Yeah. It just looked – it It honestly, to me, I was like, okay, it looks clear right now that Connor's boxing is just cleaner than Dustin's. And, but, and then something happens. Yeah. The last minute-ish of the first round – these calf kicks start getting landed yep. by Dustin to Connor. And we're like, ooh. And we ooh, and we ooh. start and, and we literally I think I don't know if I asked a question, I went, you know, now that you think about it, when has a fighter ever attacked Connor with leg kicks? Never. He fought guys like Habib, who's a wrestler. Then he got fought Diaz, who Diaz is a guy who never really throws leg kicks. Connor was leg kicking him. Yeah. That was part of his game plan. Chad Mendez, also wrestler, Jose Aldo, there wasn't any time. Jose Aldo was a Nasty leg kicker, but 13 seconds in, you're slept. He watched that last night and was like, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> now that really raises that yeah. question if that fight could have been longer. But then before Mendez, I mean, Max Holloway got, you know, Fourier the first time. Yeah. Um, none of these guys attacked the leg. What and, a beautiful game. And it's play. so, it's, yeah, honestly. Shout out shout, to Mike Brown. Shout out Mike Brown. Yeah. Shout out to Poirier. Perfect game plan, I thought. I'm not saying that. It was executed perfectly in the first round. You know, he might have been some things he could have done better, but that's all. At that point, you're just, you know, looking for negatives. It was a beautiful performance. Those leg kicks start landing, and they immediately start having an impact. And it's so, it's almost like too obvious. Connor always puts so much weight on the leg. I was just about to dig into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way Connor's stance. So this was Southpaw, Southpaw, by the way. So Dustin's power leg for leg kicks was going to land on Connor's lead leg of his stance. That's how the stance is matched up, southpaw, southpaw. And uh, he picked it apart. I mean, it started turning red. And uh, that last minute, it really started to play a factor. And but round one ends. Yeah. So second round comes. And it starts pretty much the same as the first, I thought. Uh, probably, I, I didn't see as much McGregor landing cleanly. It was still pretty much... He was just controlling the octagon. Yeah, and was and being I the mean, aggressor. He was, but it looked like Dustin was more comfortable in the second round immediately. And from the and beginning, he was, now he was kicking. And I the will leg. say, I noticed that his movement was already much better. While those leg kicks, you could tell Connor's movement wasn't quite. I'll tell you what, in round two, Dustin's head movement was. Yeah, woo. he was moving around a lot. He was more. dodging to me. Shots he, was, and... he was definitely flowing a lot more. He got yeah. more comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then when McGregor is. You know, with his striking defense, it re- it's requiring a lot of movement on his part. He's, mm. he's kind of landing those clean boxing strikes. He lands, strikes gets out. And gets, gets out. out. <laughs> so when those calf kicks 
started basically his leg got neutralized completely. Can't move quick. You can't move away from those shots. And then Dustin, it really, it didn't take that many. No, it Connor, did not take many. Because it kind of happened out of nowhere. At one I point, Connor's leg basically buckled. I think, and it I, gave I, I would need to go back and watch, but from how I remember it, basically the first two minutes of this round were very even, and it just looked like Poirier was more comfortable, had yeah. better movement. He hardly got hit in the second round, yeah. really. And then, out of nowhere, that last 30 seconds happens. Yeah, so Dustin lands one more really solid leg kick, and then he evades out to go center the octagon, and now Connor's back would have been toward the fence. And at that point, as Connor's turning to come back to face Dustin, his leg kind of gives a little something, bit, yeah, something yeah, happened. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, Connor's back is on the fence, and Dustin just goes in for a kill, like... It was like he just smelled blood in the water. Because we were, we, Connor was not hurt. He was just, they had switched and you noticed the leg buckle, but he hadn't gotten hit bad on the chin or anything. But then Dustin just fucking rushes at him and he was landing shot after shot after shot. And all of a sudden we're like, wait a second. Wait a second, wait a second. And it all happened so fast. All of a sudden Connor's getting backed up to the fence. Dustin's landing beautiful. The right hook that he has is so nasty, especially for being a southpaw fighter. Having a strong right hook like that finally lands the one, and Connor just falls, and then all oh, damn. And he was out. Dustin comes in, Connor's sitting on the fence, lands one right hook right to the freaking chin. Connor went to sleep. I I stand by I, that was a Connor knockout. Connor went to sleep. Yeah, that should have been a knockout. Dustin said the same thing. Yeah, I mean that was a knockout finish if I've ever seen one. Yeah, and he did it to a guy who we've never seen. Be Had never out. even been. Knocked down. The guy who's went to war with Diaz and all these guys and, you know. Connor had never been close to what we saw last night. Like, it was Floyd weird. Mayweather didn't put him on his yeah. ass. Yeah, he was standing when that happened, when they called that. I Unbelievable. Not, I definitely did not see it coming. I, I mean, was in shock. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll own up to it. I said out of the winners I picked on this card, I said I was most confident in Connor McGregor. And that let that was mostly just because I truly thought Conor McGregor's boxing was just another level to Dustin, but the results speak for themselves. He, I know Dustin. I know Dustin it. has lost to Conor before, but he's Dustin has two wins over Max Holloway, and now he's got this win here over Conor McGregor. Um, the jury's out right now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, don't even count about the other amazing strikers well, that he's course, beaten. You of know? course, but if we're talking the boxers, Max and. Connor were making the uh, the state to make you know yeah. number one in the UFC and he just did that unbelievable what a great performance I was I was genuinely just in shock I would have never thought we'd see the day where Connor gets KO'd never would have thought it it definitely seemed like especially in this fight it felt like Poirier's style was going to be more to Connor's benefit like it was like in my eyes I was like okay this is a a boxing heavy fighter. He does have wrestling capabilities, but he doesn't tend to use them. And I was like, okay, but it's, it's, it's I was like, his boxing's not better than Connor. So, however, that's not how the fight played out. Mm. You know, Dustin, the game plan of attacking that leg, slowing his movement to where he couldn't get out of dodge of those strikes as fast. Perfect. Perfect, and it worked out. I mean, it would have been one thing if it. If it just would have worked out to a point where he was landing cleanly for the rest of the fight, and yeah, maybe one wins a decision. decision. Yeah. But to finish McGregor. To, that was a statement. That was a statement. And 
all respect to Connor and the Dustin for the way they handled themselves yeah, post fight. Handled the win, handled the loss. You know, I I sensed a bit of bitterness in Connor on one thing. He's been saying he's been kind of PO'd at times with the UFC over Inactivity. the past year yeah. due to the fact that he couldn't get certain fights. And the question's been raised, are UFC halting McGregor from fighting because they can't really sell it to an audience? You know, you can only buy the pay-per-view. You can't watch the fight in person. You know, you can't get that live gate money from a McGregor fight. That's been a question raised by, like, Ariel Hawani and stuff. Like, are they wasting Connors mm-hmm. like, prime, you know? Yeah. And um, I sensed I sensed a bit of bitterness in that in that when he said that inactivity. And I think that was toward the UFC. Like I think it was like, a little let bit. Me fight. However, when it came to Dustin Connor themselves, you know, it, it was very respectful, mm-hmm. and I was very surprised that both guys seemed. I mean, I, I I'm not surprised on Connor's end, but on Dustin's end, he was very much like, yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah. It and, definitely could line up as a big trilogy down and the road. I, and I think that's where we're going to get into kind of what's next for these guys. Uh, Dana's post-fight presser, Dustin's and Connor's. It seems like there's some rumblings of potentially this fight being ran back immediately. That I don't want nor need. I don't want that because um, they, they even asked Dana like if Habib's truly done, which we'll talk more about that. And the fight, and he, the belt was vacated. Do you see these two guys fighting for the belt? And he said, I do. I'm not saying I'm opposed to it. They're one and one now. Well, I, that was about him and Chandler. I don't think it, I thought it was him and McGregor. I don't think so. Okay. But either way, they did talk about the trilogy as well. Yeah. However, um, there's a lot to, there's really a lot to, let, let's, let's digest, I guess. Look, do you want to start with Connor first? Yeah, uh, what, that's probably the easier. Well, and we're going to be short-winded on Connor because of Wednesday. Yeah. So what's next for Connor is the Nate Diaz trilogy. Um, that's that's yeah. that's what it is. If there's if, ever a time to do it, if it's Dana, right if there's a fight that Dana says the fans are going to love, that's going to be big for Nate, uh, this is the one. Yeah. You can't. You you lost your opportunity to do a Habib rematch. Um, this is your biggest fight you can make for Connor McGregor at this point. And I see. And I think it's it's even that. Even though him and Nate, it's not the stakes aren't as high, I guess compared to a trilogy with McGregor Poirier, based off like rankings mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, I still think a McGregor Diaz fight trilogy sells better than McGregor Poirier. Oh yeah, we've been. I mean, you know what's crazy? That second fight, well, both fights, but that was in 2016. Right. It's we, been almost we had five just, years. We had just started college. Isn't that crazy? It seems like yesterday. Yeah. We need this trilogy. We've needed it for years, and now is the perfect time to do it. And if they do it at lightweight, it's both guys' best weight class. Yep. That's why it needs to happen next. One yeah. million percent. So I'm I'm completely on that train at this point. Yeah. Um, possibly, if you want to throw out another one, Tony Ferguson would be another option for Connor. That was the low key. That was the like, one that you yeah. kind of threw out there. I like it. I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. A little tiny storyline there, but nothing like a Connor Nate would be. Yeah. Um, for Dustin, I think he's fight. He needs to be fighting for a belt. Dustin next. will have a belt in his and, next fight. And Habib, but it's a matter of who. And it's obvious Habib's not going to fight Habib's again. done. He's done. For now, anyway. <laughs> because Dana even said at the post-fight presser when he was talking to Habib like about during the fights or after the fights or whatever he was texting him or whatever he was doing. Yeah, what Habib said. Habib Ooh. said, Dana, be honest with yourself. 
I'm levels above these guys. Yeah. What a king. I mean, look, and that's not to take away from Poirier or McGregor or any of these guys. Really, the only guy that maybe even tickled him his interest a little was Chandler, but he's not going to come back and no. fight Chandler. So, I, I can't say I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that fight, but no. it won't happen. So, the belt's going to be vacated. So Probably I, soon. I would say within the next couple weeks, yeah. actually. Yeah. So, to me, the undisputed title is going to be Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. Injected into my veins. That fight needs to happen. Those are the two most deserving guys of that shot. Now, is there a chance Chandler gets thrown in there? Yes. However, Poirier's comments in the post-fight presser. And I agree. He said, look, he, no he, disrespect to Michael yeah, Chandler. He's he worded like, it perfect. He's like, but I've... How many fights does he have in the UFC? This was his 25th. 25th. He's like, it took me all these fights. I had to go through all these guys to get even a shot. He's like, I. he's basically saying that Chandler needs to. And, he, you know, I just beat Hooker. Yeah. And I still didn't get a title shot. Like, I, like I still so, had to fight yeah. Connor. So he hurt. didn't like that Chandler was being talked about being inserted after beating a guy that he's already beat and didn't get that shot. The thing that does help Chandler's case more is that he did it so easy. Yeah, that's the that's true. He didn't just come in and win. So that's the biggest thing going for Chandler, but I I agreed with everything. I think that's the only reason we're even considering yeah, entertaining because of how he Chandler is because of how, how easily he did it. Yeah, yeah. But Poirier Oliveira needs to happen. Oh, Char- man. Give me Charlie Olives oh, man. and the Diamond all day. Oh, man. I need that fight. I think, and I just love We talked that the, about that. And that. I love that out of all the possibilities that could have been for the next lightweight title fight. This is perfect. You get Poirier and Charles Oliveira, two guys who are who have fought basically 20-plus times Tooth in the UFC. Nail. Been at they, the lowest of the low, the highest of the Worked high. their way to the top. I, I, that is the matchup that almost like is It's perfect. Favorite. It is perfect in every way. So... That's going to be a banger if that ever if that fight materializes. But um, there and you know, there's just so many directions that this division can still go. It's but I ridiculous. still feel like we ultimately did get a lot answered on Saturday. Uh, we ca- we came out of this with two very clear cut fights, and we're not budging on them. And that's uh, saying a lot. I opinion. agree. And you know, I'm going to be honest. I've seen a lot of people on. MMA Twitter, you know the journals and stuff. They're agreeing. They're saying the exact same thing, and that makes me happy because that's what that's what it needs to be. Yeah, that's what it needs to be. Let's go UFC, book it. That's what it has to be. And you know, I would love to see another lightweight, lightweight. You know, Gaethje Chandler is a co-main, but not this. No, 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 no. We need five rounds of that. <laughs> I think so. That needs to be a fight night main event. Give me that in April. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, please. But yeah, that's pretty much all for UFC 257. It was a it was a grand a, night. What a freaking phenomenal pay per view! Yeah, I mean, oh my word! If you like finishes, watch this main card four Man. or five. I mean, it, it was a terrific card. We're, some of the prelims maybe a bit slower for some, but then you get to that main card, which is what you're spending your money on, and you get a terrific card with very clear cut winners. Mm. There's no, you know, the biggest controversy was the fact that Marina Rodriguez essentially had to beat Amanda twice. Twice. Marina Rodriguez is 2-0. and But even then, that, should, that shouldn't really even be – it wasn't really talked about that much because it's not really much of a controversy. Because right. refs do that a lot where they right. kind of – Yeah, they kind of jump in, but don't. Um, either way, 
it was a phenomenal card. It was a beautiful way to open up 2021. Yeah, and there's clear direction now, and it just I, I'm very glad to see that there's that there's clear cut direction in this division at lightweight. We've been waiting for this clear cut direction for so long. My God, it feels like we haven't had a a full on like like in our head like this is the fight that needs yeah. to happen. The skies are beginning to blue yeah. a little bit. It, you know? it just it feels so good to have that clarity a little bit. And yeah, I mean the first pay per view of the year, closing out the third stint on Fight Island. Mm. Who knows when we'll see Fight Island again? But uh, damn, I mean the month of January, what a what a little run for us, the marathon. Thanks for all you that have been tuning in each and every single episode. We know this was probably like an overload, but this we're not going to have this very often. But you guys have came out and supported in a big way. These very episodes good. were all doing really well. Yeah. Uh, very just thankful for the support because yeah. I know it's a lot of content, and um, I know it was a lot for us at times to even kind of do it. But at the same time, it, 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 didn't, it never felt like work. Yeah. Truly, I was just glad that he, you know, I was a little intimidated by the six the episodes in yeah. ten days, but it, it truly always just felt, you know, it felt nothing was forced. Everything flowed well, and you know, now we're kind of back into a groove. And I'll let you kind of explain what's next. Yeah. So as for the rest of the week, Wednesday, this one's a little extra special, yeah. and and this could have went two ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we <laughs> it worked out to where we're doing this episode after the fight. Yeah. yeah. Um. We have the state of Conor McGregor, mm. and boy, is that going to be fun to... I don't know if it's even going to be fun. It's going to be heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be a lot to talk about. The biggest superstar we've ever seen. The highs, the lows, and he's, everything in between. And he's at somewhat of a low right now. So. He's in a very interesting spot. Well, you know, that's why we didn't kind of talk on much of him losing this, because we're going to get on more of it, you know, even more matchmaking ideas and all that. But, yeah, there's a lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Uh, that's coming Wednesday. There is no card next Saturday, unfortunately, so you will not be getting a Friday preview or a Monday recap. Um, just to be completely transparent for the the following week, after this Wednesday, uh, we won't have an episode till the following Friday. So Friday, February sixth, um, it's going to be a preview of a huge. And when I say huge, I mean, this is honestly a very just good fight night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So headlined by a big match at heavyweight, Alistair Overeem, Alexander Volkov. Those are two guys who never Never fall. Ain't that crazy? And Overeem kind of, he's continuing that. It's his one last run. Last ride. Yep. (laughs) While Volkov is still trying to kind of find himself in this division. This would be big. But... Tell him the rest at, of the damn you, car. If you look at some of these other fights, man. Sheesh. I mean, let's start with Corey Sandhagen versus Frankie Edgar at Bantamweight. That could be a fucking Whoever man. wins that's likely probably fighting next for the belt after Jan Aljo have some business to take yeah. care of. You got Benil Dariush yep. versus Carlos Diego Fajera at lightweight. That's, a, oh, that's such a fun fight. Another lightweight bout, Legends fight, Clay Guida, Michael Johnson. Oh, my. Probably loser leaves the brand. Um, Mike Rodriguez is on this card. Molly McCann, Nico Montano. Uh, oh, Pan- Molly Meatball, huh? Yep. Nice. Uh, flyweight bout, Alexandra Pantoja and Manel Cape. Manel Cape making his debut after. Oh, yeah. That's being, a big fight. Yeah, after I forgot his about run, that. He was at 1FC, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Champion. Yeah. And then Cody Stamen versus Andre Yule. That's also a pretty decent bantamweight fight. That's a really good fight, night, um, man. There's so much I can talk about, but. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a good fight night. And I'm so, very yeah, that's about Saturday, it. February sixth. That's an eight o'clock p.m. Yeah, so, Eastern so start. Friday, February fifth. That's will, the next episode after Connor. We'll talk about it again Wednesday. Yeah. But. So just wanted to put that out there so that everybody's aware. Our big marathon. We're taking a little because that once we get to this next preview, it's kind of back to a normal schedule. Yeah, it's back we're going to have fights normal. every week or at least every other. So then we get back to the every other Wednesday, and right. then we got Monday, Friday. So yeah. We're yep. almost back to normal. Yep. But damn, it was a fun ride. It was. For the triple header. Until then, Dominic Slee, tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at dslee 14 Find the podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, at B-A-J underscore M-M-A podcast. And as for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on along with the social media platforms. That includes Twitter, Instagram, the YouTube channel, along with Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for our Anchor page. First, recording a voice message. Something we want to hit hard in 2021. And I've already gotten one. Yeah. Friday, if you heard Tyler's beautiful voice come on, you also could be featured on an episode. You just got to go to that link and you just record up to 60 seconds. It yep. could be about an upcoming fight, a fight that's already happened, um, an idea for a video, uh, just a thought about a news story, anything. If you just want to say hi or tell us that we fucking suck, do it there. And there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month. All that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast, whether it be improving the audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all of that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore. But with that, we're out, and we're going to see you all on Wednesday.